All right, so we are going to be back in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're continuing on in our series that we've been going through here, this Advent series, um, Love Came Down at Christmas. It's a devotional that we've been going through by uh, Sinclair Ferguson, and just a, a good, um, kind of a good, a good look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and uh, he takes it and really just shows us Jesus through every single verse here in 1 Corinthians 13. And in reality, what Paul is doing here in this chapter, in these verses, is he is he, he's personifying love, really. He's taking love and applying a personal personality, personal attributes to it, characteristics that you would apply normally to a person. Uh, attitudes and things like that, that to uh, an, an innate thing, love. But what you can do and what, what, what we're doing, whether or not you realize it, is you can literally take every time the word love pops up in this chapter, you can replace it with the name Jesus. And the chapter will still have the same exact meaning. It'll still have the significant meaning that it does have. Uh, and I just think that is so cool. And, that, and that's what Paul is really doing for us here. He's using um, love to show us Christ. So at this time, I'd like you to turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Please turn there with me, um, and uh, we'll start with uh, verse 1. What I'd like you to do is ask you to stand as we read these words. We're going to read them together. I'm going to put them up on the, on the screen here for you. Uh, please stand, and we'll, uh, we'll read these words together here from this chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to read these seven verses this time. We started reading with, we started the last two uh, messages with the first uh, four verses. Now we're going to continue on with the, through verse 7. Paul says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Thank you. You may have a seat. So, we've been going through the last couple of Sundays. We've been going through and, and picking out a few words here or, or topics here from this chapter and from uh, the devotional uh, from that we've, reading that we've been doing each week and focusing on uh, various qualities or, or character traits of what of what love is, and so this week we're going to focus in on the last of these that Paul lists out for us here in the first seven verses, and that is um, that love endures all things. Love endures all things, and really, it's a it's a really nice culmination of this last verse there uh, in, in chapter. Th- I'm sorry, this last uh, well these these words here in, in verse seven. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things endures all things. Um, now, I have to be honest with you, this is uh, a very difficult topic to preach on right now, especially in the midst of what we're going through uh, in, this, in this pandemic, to preach on endurance. And, uh, but, but I just I felt led that we needed to focus on this 
Um, and so what I, what I don't want this to be is I don't want this to be a necessarily the focus of it to be a charge for endurance or continuing to endure because we are learning what, that's, what that feels like even in the midst of this today. What I do want us to do, though, what I hope that we can do today in this message is to kind of take a step back, to breathe, and to look at the person of Jesus and what he endured so that we can know what it looks like to really endure. To just look at the person of Jesus as the perfect example of someone who endured all things for us. So I, would, I just want to do that today as we think about enduring all things. Now, this phrase, love endures all things, it, it sounds very similar to words that Paul has already used, that he's already mentioned. He mentioned uh, terms like patience, right? We talked about patience the first Sunday we were in this. Love is patient. And he also mentions love bears all things. Well, while those two phrases sound very similar to love endures all things, there is a difference. There is actually a distinct difference. Uh, In fact, rather than using the same word, rather than Paul using the same word in different contexts multiple times throughout this passage, he uses three different words, three distinct words. One for patience, one for Bearing all things, love bears all things, and then one finally for enduring all things. And if you've been reading along in the devotional, what I'm about to say is not going to be a surprise uh, a surprise for you. According to the devotional, Sinclair Ferguson reveals to us that the word used for endures or enduring all things is actually the verb to remain. So we have the verb to remain or to stay, and then applied to that verb is the prefix that implies the idea of being underneath or below. So in reality, when you put those two things together, that prefix and the verb, what you get is the phrase, to remain underneath. Endurance means to remain underneath. And I really like how uh, Ferguson, he, he, he looks at, multiple. you see this multiple times in this devotional, uh, it, he can take Paul's, definite descriptions and he, he sees the word pictures that Paul is trying to put together here and he reveals and he shows them to us one of those pictures one of those word pictures is the example of a weightlifter so if you're reading along the devotional you'll know where I'm going with this a weightlifter right an Olympic weightlifter a lot bigger than I am I mean think about that so it's kind of easy to remember realize um, yep he picks up the barbell with a bunch of weight on each side and he picks it up and he lifts it over his head Right? When you look at that, when you see him standing there holding the barbell with all of that weight over his head, you don't look at that and go, oh, well, look at him standing there. He's just standing. No, he is standing and remaining underneath, enduring the weight, enduring the pressure that's on him. And that's the idea that we get here to remain underneath, to remain under pressure, to stand firm. In fact, uh, that phrase, stand firm, pops up in Ephesians 6.13, right? We're talk- when, he, when Paul mentions the full armor of God, talking about uh, putting on the full armor of God, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, Paul says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. It doesn't just mean just to stand there. It means to stand there bearing the weight uh, and enduring, to remain underneath. That's the idea that Paul is giving us here. And so, 
really, endurance, to no surprise, right? This, this is the word of God. No surprise, endurance is the best word, really, to use here at the end of verse 7, after we've gone through all of these different characteristics and, and definitions, right? Because it refers to the ability to continuously maintain all of the previous descriptions. Patience, in and of itself, is something that you have to exercise in the moment, consistent, in the moment. And endurance is the ability to continue to exercise that patience every single time. That's the idea behind endurance, right? And, and it's, a, it's a, the ability to do all of these things continuously without fail. To me, this shows me, when I read this last verse here, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. It shows me that love is really a choice. It's not an emotion. As I think sometimes our, our society, and, and even we like to, to believe, it's, it's not an emotion, it's a choice. God chose to love us. That's why he created us. He didn't have to create us, but he chose because he loves us. So let's talk about Jesus and looking at endurance there. So like I said, I I wanted to bring up Jesus as an example for us, as the example for us on what it means to endure, what endurance really looks like. And this is why Christmas is the best love story ever told, (laughs) why I think it is anyway, right? So we talked about how you can look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and apply each description to the person of Jesus. That's what we're doing. Um, you can actually take it, as I mentioned earlier, you can take every single word that's every, um, you can replace the word love. Every time the word love appears, you can replace it with the name Jesus and it'll still have the same meaning. It'll still remain intact perfectly. Now, the other way you can look at this is rather than saying that, well, uh, Jesus, uh, is love or, or Jesus is, is, um, uh, is this, these descriptions describe what Jesus is. No, in reality, it's the exact opposite. Jesus defines what love is. Jesus is the very definition of love. Okay, We're just using his attributes to describe what it is, if you think about it that way. Okay, so we're going to look at what Jesus endured. And not only did he endure coming down here, did he endure... Uh, living as a child and, and, and going through those things like, like we talked about last week. He didn't stay in the manger, as I'm sure it would be very easy for us to keep him there, right? We would love to think that we can just, um, at least society would love to think that we could just keep Jesus in the manger because that's where he's vulnerable. That's where we can kind of keep control over him. He's not really a danger to us, right, or, or a danger to the way we want to live. Jesus didn't stay in the manger. And thank the Lord, he didn't stay in the manger, right? He grew up and he came. Why he came to earth, why Christmas is so special to us is because he came to die. He came to see, as we're going to see here in Hebrews chapter 12, he came to endure the cross. Jesus came down to endure all things for our sake. So I want to refer quickly to Hebrews chapter 12, but I'm not going to ask you to turn there. I'll ask you actually to turn to Psalm 22 here in a minute. Um, But Hebrews chapter 12, starting with verse 1, says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which which clings so closely, 
And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So what we see here in Hebrews chapter 12 is that Jesus endured the cross. Jesus endured the cross. We can think about that. We, we, we know what Easter is. We can think about that and, and, and look at the cross and picture him there. But what I want us to do is I want us to look at maybe the way Jesus was feeling on the cross. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 22. Psalm chapter 22. It starts with some words that believers will know very well because these are the same words that Jesus recited on the cross when he was dying. He was hanging there in shame and in misery. This is Psalm 22. So as my, in, my, in my daily devotionals, in my quiet times, I've started reading through a book that helps me read through the, through the Psalms. Um, and it's called, um, it's called uh, if I can even remember what it is, um, Learning to Love the Psalms. And the author there, I think, really does a good job of helping us under, helping me understand and see something that I haven't, I've known, and I, you know, the word is is God breathed, right? It's inspired by God. God wrote it. It's it's His word, but it never really occurred to me that these are the words of Jesus. Every psalm can be attributed in some way to Jesus, His words. And so I just want to read this. Think about what Jesus is thinking. I think this is what He was thinking on the cross. This was his prayer. And we have it here in Psalm 22. He says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's familiar, right? We remember that from Easter. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In your In you, our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you, they cried and were rescued. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust at my mother's breasts. On you I was cast from my birth. On you was I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me, like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, And all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. And my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. And they have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, 
my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the, from the horns of the wild oxen. Jesus endured the cross. All of these pieces here that you see in Psalm 22 is written out. But it's alluded, it's alluding to, and it's a foreshadowing to Matthew 27. Matthew 27, 41 through 44. You can go back and read that on your own time and see how each one of these things happened to Jesus while he was on the cross. He endured. And he endured something that we will never really have to endure, and that is to be completely and utterly alone. To be completely and utterly alone on the cross. Every single one of his disciples left him. They weren't there. Right? We have a few, we have a few that were watching, but they really left him. He was the only one on the cross. And at that point, he was bearing the, the, the wrath of God because of the sin that he was uh, bearing for us. He had the sin, of all of our sin, placed on him and he, as he was there. Which is why he can say, which sounds so weird for Jesus to say this, but he says, but I'm a worm and not a man. Bearing the sin, bearing our sin. He endured it. He watched God hanging on the cross, sat, hung there and watched the people mock him. They spit on him. They beat him. And they said, he's God. if he's the king of the Jews, why doesn't he come down? That's what we see here. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him for he delights in him. Jesus could have done that. He could have come down and took them all out. <laughs> right? But he didn't. He loved us so much that he stood there and took it. Why could he do that? Why did he do that? The reason why he was able to do it is how we can grow in Christ-like love that endures. If you go back just a little bit there in Hebrews chapter 12, right before it says that he endured the cross, the, the author says, who for the joy that was set before him. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. He knew why he needed to be there. I'm just going to read for you here quickly. At the end of Psalm 22, verses 27 through 31. All of the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down in the dust, or to the dust. Even the one who could not keep himself alive, prosperity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it, meaning salvation, that he has accomplished salvation. Jesus endured the cross because he knew that was the only way we could spend life with him. And that was the only way that his word would be proclaimed. That the word of God, that he would be glorified. He had to endure the shame of the cross. He had to endure being alone and to take it all upon himself. 
this joy that I'm talking about, it's a word that we use a lot, right, in this time, in this in Christmas time, the word joy. Joy implies trust in the Lord to fulfill his promises. That's what joy really is. It's not a, a feeling or an emotion, right? Happiness is something that happens to us. Joy is something that lasts because of what we, can, what we know about God and his promises. It implies trust in the Lord, and it also implies that all is well between the believer and the Lord. All is well between the believer and the Lord. The believer can have true joy because all is well between you and God as a believer. And Jesus knew that. He still called God my God on the cross. That's how he, he still referred to him. His love for God and his love for us kept him there. Because of the joy that was set before him. So how do we know what the truth is? How do we know what these promises are? How, do, how can we know this? We have to be in the word. We have to know the word. Jesus was the word, so he knew it. Right? We have to know it in order to be able to have the joy, to experience that joy. We also need to be in constant prayer. That is something I think we need to be doing, and we have been doing. This church has been doing a phenomenal job of maintaining prayer in the midst of this pandemic. Every month we meet to pray. And prayer is an area that helps us grow stronger in the Lord, to, to reach out to him, to constantly reach out to him. And that's what Jesus was doing here in Psalm 22 and what David's doing. And we can use this psalm. It is meant for us because it expresses the emotions that we should feel. If we feel alone, sometimes we feel like God has forsaken us. But in reality, he's never left us. It just feels like he has. But we need to continue to pray. And we also need to remember that we're not alone, right? Not just because we're not alone with God, but we need to be in community. We have, that's why we're a church. That's why we gather together. That's why we have small groups. We need to gather in community and be in community to build each other up, to help each other endure. That's where we get our strength. Endurance is not something that we can muster up in our own strength. I can't go out and, and decide that I'm going to run a 400 today. I'll never make it past 100. I need to train. I need to, I need to practice. And I also need to call upon the Lord to give me the strength to endure, to do that. It is not something that's easy. It's hard. I'll just use this as an, as an example here. So um, some of you here have kids, right? Or, and uh, I have grown to have a much better appreciation for parents now that I have two kids of my own, right? Uh, uh, under two. Both my kids are under two. And talk about needing endurance uh, to be able to, to care for them constantly and praise the Lord in this awkward uh, kind of pandemic time. I've been able to have more time at home because I'm working from home more than I have uh, before. And so I get to spend more time with them. But that means that I have to take care of them more. And man, that requires a lot of work. It's like, I, I just changed your diaper. Why, how in this world did this, how in the world did this happen? I just changed, I just cleaned this book up. Why are the books all over the floor again? You know, constantly doing that. And sometimes I, I, I just wonder if God's saying, how do you think I feel? <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Now, he loves to care for us, right? And that should be why I love to care 
for my kids, just as an example for the, for the kids. And that's why I, just, I have a much better appreciation for parents now because, because of that. All right, and then finally, what I want to close with here is that as we, as we see how we endure because of the joy that we have, we need to endure to the end. And we'll see what's going to happen in the end. I just want to give you two promises. These are only two promises. There are many others. But we need to endure in, in a couple of ways. One is in the midst of sin and suffering. So we're going to deal with that. People are going to sin against us. We're going to suffer just, I mean, we're suffering now, right? We're in the middle of sickness and disease uh, more than we've ever seen before. We also need to endure in the midst of persecution, specifically against, uh, with believers being attacked. And that's what I mean by persecution. Matthew 10.22, this is Jesus' words to his disciples. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. That is a promise. Again, in James chapter 1, verse 12, James writes, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Stood the test. That's the same idea there of endurance. And then finally, I just want to read here from, I don't have it on the screen there for you. It's uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, starting with verse 19. Peter says, For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. And in verse 20, he says, For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to you, or for to this, you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins on his body, in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Jesus went to the cross, and as Peter said, there hung on a tree. The Jews, when they looked at someone being hung on a tree, that was considered to be cursed. You were considered cursed to be on a tree. And yet Jesus hung there for us. Isaiah 53.10 says that God was pleased to see him crushed. It was his will to have him crushed for our sake, for us. It was so that we could have a relationship with him. He didn't need to do any of that. But he did it for us. That is love. That is what love really is. Love came down at Christmas. Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that you've given us an opportunity to see who you are, your characteristics. We, we can learn to understand who you are. You're not some God high above us, lofty over us, expecting us to grope and to try to discover who you are. You've given us your word. You have revealed it to us. And I just, I thank you so much for that, that we can know you and have a relationship with you. 
how cool the creator of the universe wants to live with us. Father, I just, I thank you for that. Lord, I, uh, this is a tough message to preach in a time that we're in now with endurance. And I just, I just pray for endurance for our people, for those of us who aren't with us, that haven't been with us, that we haven't seen for months. Just give them strength. Help them to endure. Father, we lift them up. Protect them from the virus. Protect all of us. Father, I pray that the, uh, that this would get cleaned up, that you would clean this up. You always do. And I just pray that you would. You've given us um, a promise in your word that you are going to clean this world up. And we just thank you for that. But Lord, as we're going through this time, we're here for a reason. We're going through it now. I just pray you give us endurance. I pray that you would give our people, the people from our church, and, and all of really the nurses and the doctors that are on the front lines, that you would just give them an extra dose of endurance. They've been at this for almost a year now, worldwide. And I just pray that you would just give, a, give them strength, help us to build them up, to lift them up. And uh, Father, I just uh, thank you for them. Father, I thank you for you. I thank you for the time that you've given us today to be able to be in your word and to study scripture. Just help us endure. Help us to continue on. In your name I pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.